Welcome home, our touring friends, and welcome back to your favourite keen broadcast, Beyond the INC. A podcast that also has the ability to make Tom come online. Of, of course. Coming up on today's show, we'll be bringing you all the best from our night out at the O2. All recorded in the most professional manner possible. Yeah, the man is a legend. He's, uh, he's certainly doing well. Who are we talking about? Um, Keen. We do a podcast about them, mate. I see. We spoke to a lot of people who had plenty that they wanted to teach us. Um, so you enjoyed it? Very much, yes. And some people who sounded like they needed some lessons from us. Um, you've come all the way from Estonia just to see Jesse Quinn, haven't you? Yeah, only Jesse Quinn. I don't know anything about Queen. Keen. Keen. <laughs> so, that's all coming up on today's Brian May baiting edition of... Beyond the Iron Sea. Beyond the Iron Sea. Let's very briefly cover the news, which this week has been dominated by the collapse of Trinity Street, the company that ran Keane's website shop. Following a number of complaints about poor service, the company stopped trading altogether on Friday. Now, contrary to public opinion, their relationship with Keane goes back much further than just running the shop, which they took over from Sandbag in 2008. Yeah, I was looking through my old copy of Hopes and Fears uh, just a little bit earlier, and I saw one of those little cards that you send back um, with your address and details on. You don't on. seem to get them these days, do you? No. It's one of the uh, sad things about downloads that uh, you don't get those little cards. Yeah. But anyway, they went to Trinity Street, so uh, they've been sort of working with Keane in, in various ways for about five years now. All of the marketing material, you, you remember? The, the plectrums, the 7-inch box sets, all these sorts of things, that was all handled by Trinity Street. So it's, yeah. it's not just the shop that's gone here. It's quite a, a large operation that is also gone. Yeah. I think, you know, the options for Keane from here, um, obviously the shop. Yeah, the, there are a few, um, a few other people who do a similar sort of thing. They could go back to working with Sandbag. There's also um, record store and digital stores who do a... Uh, do shops for a number of people. They've taken over the Oasis one in uh, after Trinity's collapse. And uh, Universal have their own in-house company now called um, Bravado, which uh, I believe looks after the killer's shop. So if anyone's, if anyone's used the killer's shop in the last six months, do let us know what you think of it. Um, so basically, the bottom line here is if you've got any outstanding orders with the old Keen shop that was run by Trinity Street, visit the official site immediately for some further direction. There are instructions on there as to how to chase up your order and get your money back. Yep, and we'll hopefully have some more news on that next week. And also looking ahead to next week, we will hopefully be bringing you confirmed details of the band's US tour, which is going to be happening in just a couple of months' time. Um, the band's um, record label over in America, Interscope, inadvertently leaks an unconfirmed list of dates earlier on in the week. They like doing that, don't they? They do it. They do it every single time they tour in America. <laughs> and this time was no exception. But um, obviously these are unconfirmed dates. And they would see the band starting off the tour on May the 8th in California and working east. Yep. And once they're fully sorted out, we'll let you know the true hard facts. And that was this week's news. Beyond the Last week, Keane played to around 30,000 people over two nights at London's O2 Arena, rounding off the biggest British tour of their careers to date. Naturally, we had to be there. Well, you would think so anyway, but sadly Chris was held up doing something extremely boring at his day job at Universal. 
Yeah, sorry about that. I uh, had a big box of paper clips that needed reorganising. Very, very important work. Mm-hmm. So, while he didn't arrive until after the doors had opened, I was left holding the mic on my own. But luckily, I wasn't alone, and I got chatting to this lovely and smoking hot Estonian girl. Jesse Quinn's built up quite a global fan base since joining um, joining Keen on the Road, and um, one of his biggest fans, greatest fans, is here from Estonia. Yeah, hello. Yeah, I'm the like the king of the Cheshire Queen Club in Estonia. I hear you made him uh, some clothing. Yeah, the T-shirt, which apparently is he's, he's sleeping with in in fast fun. Yeah. Bunking up in it. <laughs> what what is it that makes him such an integral part of the band now? Because he's a normal normal height and he's hot. You think he's hotter because he's normal height? No, because he plays bass. Do you think his lack of beard has something to do with this? No, it's the girls. Girls. Hair girls. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what, was the, what was the t-shirt like? It was white and blue. Did it have a message on it? Yeah. The main message was, God save the Queen. They've never actually played in Estonia itself. Um, do you think that's something they really need to sort of sort out? Sort out? Sort out. Get over there as soon as possible. They should come to Estonia because they should meet the country who gained its independence through singing. One final thing. Who is the greater man, Jesse Quinn or Andreas Opa, the greatest living Estonian footballer? Jesse, of course. Doris, thank you very much. Thank you. (laughs) Chris, you really did miss out there. So you should be. Anyway, the show itself. Now, before we get on to the main men themselves, a quick word for the support acts, who I'm happy speaking for Chris as well. I think we both loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and first were Norwegian multi-instrumentalists. With the emphasis firmly on mentalists. Cats and Yammer. Um, it's very, very hard to describe any kind of genre that they're in, um, but it's just joyful. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be brutally honest, I would love to engage in several different acts of love with, with all of them. Fair enough. Well, here's what they sound like if you missed out on them. But the storm is coming across the hills tonight Like a vein full of rain to the hearts that should fight The storm is coming across the hills tonight Like a vein full of rain to the hearts that should fight And of course to follow them was Frank Music Yeah, I'm not sure if this is a band or an artist. I think it's uh, the actual artist from Croydon. And then Um, he has a sort of travelling band who follows him. Francis Q Music. That's not his real name. His real name is Vincent Frank. Um, I thought he was awesome. Brilliant. Yeah, Um, there was one song I really, really loved. But he hasn't got an album out until the end of the year. so Plenty of time for him to come up with more stuff. Yeah, um, but I I just meant I don't know what the songs I loved were. So I should probably check out his MySpace. Really, really inventive and original and just hugely enjoyable. Yeah, definitely. And then, a great way to warm up for, for an astonishing show. Um, and yeah, I think rather than rather than us trying to remember it now, um, we had Mike in hand, our thoughts as we left the arena. Let's go back in time. Cue harp music. <laughs> um, I'm pretty... 
fucking exhausted. I, I don't know about my friend Chris here. I finally turned up, and yes, I am exhausted also. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we, well, I personally kicked it off. Chris chilled it out at the, at the sound desk or thereabouts. Yep, I took it all in, sort of view from the back, experienced the whole magical show. Such a beautiful view. Um, <laughs> and as you might be able to hear, we, um, we're going to capture some people on their way out um, before they get the tube. Um, first person we've seen is Clara. Hello. Um, previously appeared um, at Coco a while ago. Yes, this is true, for the Nokia gig. Um, very small venue, that. It was. Much so, smaller than the O2. <laughs> right, exactly. Have you since bought a Nokia phone? No, sorry. <laughs> So, how about tonight, then? Um, not sure where to do it justice, to be honest. It was really, really good. Really good. I thought it was much better than last night. Pe- pe- people are just grabbing Chris, so we'll, 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 we'll struggle on manfully. Um. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. No, it was really good, really good. Much better energy than yesterday. Yeah, I, I think... I don't want to do yesterday down particularly, but I mean, today was so much better. It was miles better, and his voice was far better today as well than it was yesterday. I'm not entirely sure how he managed that, but... I mean, it's, it's, it's funny that um, today there were fewer people in the venue. Yeah, that was true, actually, because they had curtains sectioning it off, but I thought the atmosphere was better today. Absolutely electric, like a proper last night of the tour thing. And definitely, definitely. Everyone was really excited and up for it. <laughs> Including us. <laughs> so, who are your friends here? Uh, this is Jane. Jane. Hi. Hi, nice to meet you. This is Sue, who Sue loves Keith. Hello. Hi, Sue. Now, now tell us, um, did you, have you been to any other nights on the tour? I went to Bournemouth, yeah. And they played exactly the same set as I just played here, <laughs> which was a shame, but... How do, you think, how, do you, how do you think it compares? Because that's, that's probably one of the smallest gigs on the tour compared to this, this monster. Um... Well, Bournemouth was actually pretty good, but I, you can't compare with the size of this with the, the singing, everything. The singing, Bournemouth wasn't, you know, was good, and I think they were actually quite pleased, but it doesn't compare to the size of this, you know, the singing. Jane, uh, particular, particular highlights, Jane, favourite songs tonight? Favourite songs tonight, uh, playing along, Tom Alone, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Clara, Jane, Sue, Love's Keen. Thank you very much for, for contributing. Chris, Chris, I've torn Chris away from the Americans. Hello. Let's talk to the Americans. Why not? Hi, Andrew. Hi, Annie. <laughs> We're the Americans. <laughs> so, um, as you can... As you can tell, well, no, you can't tell, because this is audio. As you can tell from the American flag around Annie's neck, Annie has come from America. There is an American flag around Annie's neck, I promise you, by the means of me describing that there is a flag around Annie's neck. Why are you desecrating your flag? That that's a, that's, would be treason if America had treason. How did you find the gig? Tonight was phenomenal. That's it. Tommy's voice was dying yeah. a little bit, but he put on a good show, and he always makes a good effort, and he's the man. <laughs> oh, um, int- introduce your friend here very quickly. This is Sonia, Bad Dream. Yes. Uh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> like gradually going back <laughs> Now, you're very lucky, because this is going to be the last indoor show in the UK for quite some time. Next to South America, and fingers crossed, on to America. So, uh, how, how do you think it's... Fingers crossed. Tim and Tom already told us that they're coming in May. <laughs> how do you think it's going to be in America compared to this big hometown show? Nowhere near as massive 
But there's so. a lot of U.S. fans out there, so I'm pretty sure it's going to be also, you know, great. And since Keen don't tour in the U.S. that often, I think the people are just going to come out masses and, you know, be there, and it's going to be a great, great show, and it's a great tour for them. So I'm looking forward to it. And I'm practically taking off a month from work to follow them. Wait, wait, this is the best oh, yeah. I have to tell this, okay? I was happily employed, and I booked this trip. You know, I told my boss I needed two weeks off in February to come to the U.K. to see Keen, and he fired me on the spot. So I am homeless, broke, but I'm in the U.K., and I came to see Keen. So I made it, and now I need a job. So hire me, Keen, please. <laughs> Another illegal immigrant <laughs> due to Keen. Chris... Speaking of which, I've seen loads of people from who aren't from England at the shows. I saw a Brazilian flag. I've seen, yeah, Israel, Holland, um, loads and loads of French. Spain. Uh, I only heard of one French. Oh no, massive group of French in the front row. Huge. I heard, yes, and they were very pushy. Are you are you glad that you came to all of this trouble to come? This is my dream come true since I was 12 years old to come to the UK. I've been a huge fan of the Brits my entire life. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> I'm one happy camper for the next well for the first eight days and another five days on top of that. Yeah, I understand this isn't your first show in the UK. You've been to quite a few others. In the UK? Yes. In the wise words of Tim. <laughs> well, you had to stop for five minutes, didn't say yes. <laughs> yes, we've been, this was our fifth show. We went to Sheffield, Liverpool, Brighton, and both O2 gigs. Which was the best of them all? Liverpool! Absolutely. Yeah, hands down. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I've never seen such a lively, loud crowd like Liverpool. I guess it's more because, you know, the Beatles, the birth of rock and roll was there. And, I mean, it was just, it was, that was fantastic. It really was. And this tonight was number two for me. Yeah. I've never experienced anything like this before because people, uh, the first show... I sh we showed up at 8.30 in the morning to form the line or the queue, whatever it's so called. 7.50 in the yes, morning. 7.15. <laughs> and then you're so exhausted from waiting all day, and then you think you're not going to have any energy left, and the doors open, and you bum rush the stage, and you get in front row, and you get to see your idols, and it's just like you just get this massive energy back into your body, and it's amazing, and I love it, and I fucking love it. <laughs> I don't think we can go anywhere from that. Sonia, Annie, thanks so much for coming to the UK and thanks for having such a great tour. We'll be back. We'll be back. We'll, I'll definitely be back. Um, Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, thanks very much. Beyond the Mark, stop loitering with a tent and talk to me now. Hello. So this is getting very confrontational. <laughs> Really, I'm kind of speechless after uh, after tonight. You know, I had kind of high hopes for it. You know, our Glasgow show a few weeks ago was really good, um, but I didn't think this would top it. But I was amazed. You know, really the best I've seen from Keen, uh, even despite the fact that Tom was clearly struggling. You know, with his voice and a few of the songs. You know, it, it didn't matter. It was just the whole atmosphere in the room was just amazing. I, I think he covered over the, the voice worries that um, he had yesterday. Um, for those who didn't come along to the first night at the O2, um, Tom clearly struggling with his voice uh, quite a lot of the uh, show, apologising to the crowd and getting them to help him as much as he could. Um, tonight, very little sign of that in the main, um, much less than yesterday, which is a miraculous recovery. 
Yeah, I mean, even though there was a couple of like notes where he just couldn't do it, or he would drop, the, you know, drop an octave or whatever. You know, the, most of it, it was still just hitting it perfectly. You know, and if that's him singing, well, you know, he's, he's struggling, then you know, the man is a legend. He's uh, he's certainly doing well. Who are we talking about? Um, Keen. We do a podcast about them, mate. I see. Um, anyway, Tom Tom's voice. Yeah. I think he was screaming a bit because I think the microphone was even distorting at the end. I don't know if you noticed that, but he was, you know, he was really at, in the uh, at the end of his capacity. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to see him try and sing tomorrow night as well. No, I think it's probably just as well that he's now got some time off where he can yeah. rest the voice for at least probably a week. Uh, Definitely, you know, pumping the power up to to compensate. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But it, it didn't matter, you know. It, it didn't. It wasn't bad in that sense. It was still like, just amazing. You know, the, the fact that he was singing like that, you know, when he's under the weather, was just amazing stuff. You know, and just the, the whole band just seemed to feed off the energy that was in the room. So, just an amazing gig. You're known very much for the technical side of things. How do you think the technical side of this tour has been? Um, you know, as as opposed to the the older the older shows. In terms of the instrumentation, you know, it's a much more interesting thing. Obviously, one of the main factors is that Jesse is there, you know, but we've also covered a lot of stuff before about the fact that much more of it is live. There's still the odd bit of playback going on, but, you know... In a crystal Ball, I know it's just a few synths in the background of Crystal Ball. Yeah, I mean, there's, there, there are definitely a few songs that still use the odd little bit, but it's, it's just the little background bits and pieces. It's nothing fundamental. A lot of it was quite fundamental before, and if it wasn't there, then the song really suffered for it. The only one that's still like that is Everybody's Changing, which still really needs the, um, all the little synthy bits in the... I don't, I don't know what that was. That's, uh, sort of, scrub that bit out. That, that, seemed like, that was more like Cats and Jam or Trumpet playing there. Was um, a word about the support bands. Uh, Frank Music, that was the first time I'd seen him because he couldn't do the Glasgow show because I think he was struggling with his voice. Um, but I was very impressed. Um, so they're looking forward to hearing more of his stuff. Um, Cats and Jammer, or Cats and Hammer. Uh, Cats and Yammer. Yammer. Their music wasn't really my cup of tea, I have to admit, but there's no denying the fact that clearly they're four extremely talented musicians. You know, I mean, they seem to be switching instruments every song and, you know, playing, playing you know, kick drum and hi-hat and mandolin and stuff at the same time. And, you know, it's, it's technically amazing, you know, and, and, you know, they had good voices when they weren't really screeching and screaming. Um, it wasn't my cup of tea, but, you know, it was an interesting choice. I couldn't help but be entertained by some of the sort of... Chris, it's definitely something I think it, you'd appreciate much more live because you, they were using lots of crazy instruments and just they were a, a real live spectacle to watch. I'm not sure I'd listen to them on CD, but if that was your sort of uh, your cup of tea, I think uh, Missy's Big Adventure fill a similar sort of shape. Man, yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, so if you, if you like Captain Yama, Missy's Big Adventure are the band for you. Yes, um, they have an erotic Volvo though, and if you want to know what that means, you need to check it out. They never look at rubber gloves in the same way. Precisely. Um, I've got to say personally, I thought Cassie Hamill magnificently great entertainment. Just uh, so entertaining. Um, it would probably wear thin if you played, you know, if you had like an hour and a half of it. But six songs, I think, perfect entertainment. Sheer cabaret. Yeah, I mean, even though it wasn't really my cup of tea, it wasn't like it felt like it was dragging, actually. You know, I was concerned that, you know, if it's a support band you're not really enjoying, that it just feels like time's dragging by and they might be on for hours. But no, it really wasn't that at all. It was uh, very entertaining, just not really, didn't really connect with me the same way, but hey, an interesting choice. Compared to some of the, the you know, the dull support bands we've had in the past, like, I don't know, Ghosts, Captain, that sort of thing, then, you know... I like Ghosts. Don't, don't be this in Ghosts. <laughs> 
Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, there, there have been a few that are just a bit dodged, but um, no, it was a, it's all a very good evening. You know, it did warm up perfectly for Keen, which was just then amazing. Yeah, let's just talk about the production because compared to you know, as people might have seen on the DVD, the Osu show from 2007 at the end of the Underground Sea Tour, to me, it had a lot more going on with the huge globe and there was the stage seemed much more filled. Whereas this oh, seemed almost, confetti bomb. Almost, yeah, it's, this seemed almost more low key, which is a strange way to, to sort of build things up. Although I suppose once you're 11, where can you go? How can you push over that cliff? Uh, what did you think about the production side of things? I mean, I was very impressed by it all. Um, you know, I think the whole lighting and the, sc- the combination of the screens, you know, and the strange angles of the screens and whatever, I just thought it all worked brilliantly. And it didn't actually need to be bigger. I think, you know, the, the pre, the under the ANC show kind of really benefited from that sort of huge, vast sort of, like, canvas that the screens gave and all the lighting and the canvas and the confetti bombs and everything else. But, uh, you know, I don't think this show actually really needed it much more than what it had. You know, the, the crazy multicoloured lights, you know, and... and the big screens, that it was enough, so I, I thought it was great. Is this as good as Keen have ever been then? Are we certain of that? Yes. Martin McDonald, thank you very much. Thank you, as always. And now, back to the studio. Beyond so, that is it for this week's Beyond the INC. What an epic journey. Actually, we do have time for just one more thing. Keen Beard Watch. Yes, uh, good evening and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest instalment of Keen Beard Watch. Now, starting out west, Queen Fanciers are currently enjoying a period of masculine fuzz, probably best likened to the fur just above the nose of a young Rottweiler. Cuddly, reassuring, but with an undercurrent of testosterone. Moving on then to Tom. Tom has recently taken to sporting what we in the trade would refer to as an upside-down Moby, as though the chin has been made of polished marble. Very nice. Very swish. Now, both Oxley and Hughes are experiencing a certain shabbiness at the moment, but we would hope that this will pass by the end of the week as they catch a glimpse of themselves in a mirror and realise the error of their ways. And that is all from Beardwatch. And that really is all we've got time for. Keep up to date with us via email at mailbox at beyondtheinc.com. And we'll be seeing you again next week for more tales from Beyond the INC. Goodbye.